Hi, Russell. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm stressed. What? Why? Uh, the music. Oh. You're listening to The Downside, the Downside. with John Marco Cerezi. Hello. Hi, why are you stressed? Well, because every time we start this podcast, I have to set up an insane amount of technology. You really do. And, and like, it, this was me, I prepped this. Because sometimes we have we have guests that like I know personally, and so like they're okay if I fuck around for 20 minutes. Anyway. Yeah. But this was me like maximum prepared, yeah. and it still took... You know, I don't want to say that you're not getting better at it, but it seems like there's different things every time. I'm there's evolving! so many more chords... You have a lot of, there's 18 GoPros on us I right have now. three Go. these are three GoPros, they're set up, they do this thing where, the, I, we just talked about the screen, and it, it, it looks like it's off yeah. while it's still recording. So I get terrified, it's not recording. Yeah. And each one hits one of us, so if one of them doesn't work, the whole thing's the shit. Right, yes. It's going to be like video clips where it's just focused on you the whole time yeah. listening to me talk. Yeah, and I'm very paranoid <laughs> not to turn to my right because <laughs> of your instructions, so I feel glued in my position right now. All right, we need to do a couple of things. Um, we have a new uh, producer, uh, at least for now, and maybe she'll quit after this. We have uh, a producer. We have a producer, not here <laughs> in the moment. Fawn Sullivan, I hope I can say her name. I'll censor it after. Fawn Sullivan, she's uh, very excited to have her, but she had a couple notes right out the gate. Wait, and you're just telling me now? <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's not like it wasn't. So uh, you were going to thirty percent less talking from, from you. So the things, <laughs> no, the things she said. We need to introduce ourselves for a while. We need to say this is uh, this is called the downside. My name is Jamarco Cerezi. This is my co-host Russell Daniels. Okay, he's 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 sweeter than that normally. Uh, we th this is a interview podcast. Where we we focus on the negative. I I am a negative uh, person in a charming way, in a Larry David type of way, in a Jewy way, and uh, I get tired of people online and podcasts. They're like, life is nice, and then you know they kill themselves the next day, and you go, well, it oh wasn't God. that nice. So something's not quite correct here. Um, Fawn I, thought we were too casual, though. We we need to like. Just you, remind people. Well, people more. listen and they go like, you know, like in a Jewish term, what makes this podcast different from other podcasts? Okay, you know what that that's reference to? No, Passover, Hanukkah, Passover, oh Passover. What God. makes this night different than other nights? And this is that it's it's a negative. It's sad. Okay, it's well, it's fun. Sad. It's uh. What the line I was using, I said, this is a place where negativity is celebrated. Kvetching is encouraged. That's Jewish for complaining. Yes. And uh, 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 silver linings are debunked. Okay. So that's what this is. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, uh, also, we have a Patreon. Yes. That please join it because uh, Russell's dog has cancer. And he does. We He's going to need some money soon. Yeah. And the for him to get money, the Patreon has to be doing so much more. A, a truly ten thousand percent better. I than mean, John Marco right has invested thousands of dollars into this. <laughs> so until and, thousands of dollars are rolling in monthly, I, and so I we need to hurry because the dog. Yeah. I mean, you're getting the the diagnosis oh, today, God. right? Yeah. Well, I mean, we know the diagnosis. We're getting like hopefully more of a of a timeline sort of thing today. Um. So yeah. Okay. Um. How is everything okay? Anything you want to express? No, I'm good. I'm a little tired. Uh, it was my birthday this week. Happy I birthday! Feel like, um, yeah. Um, thank you. 
You called me. You, yeah, or I did. We, we, no, I you, texted. I called. Texted. Yeah, yeah. I did all sorts. Of, I um, think I did my due no, you diligence. Did, you did. You did great. You did great. Thank you. You know, it's what's important on people's birthdays is to like let them know you're thinking of them, but also not require much back. You know, sure. Because nothing's worse than being like, give me a call back today. Like, just you know, when people leave a message and it's like very clear that I then have no responsibility on my birthday to call them back. Oh God, that's great. You know, that's Beautiful. that's. But uh, it is the thing of like, you know, oh, and can you imagine? answering to like i can imagine on yeah, my birthday yeah, yeah. answering if it's my parents or like a sibling and like but like if you answered every phone call I'm, you know well i have, I have it's to very sweet when, that when my parents call i have to do it because it's the only time of the year they do call <laughs> to check in on me my dad forgot my birthday once and it really it really was like well this relationship's gonna die soon did how how much after did he realize or did he not realize uh i think two days later he he realized okay it's hard. It's not what good. What did you say? I said I said it was okay. And then I acknowledged in therapy later that I think it did like deep <laughs> internal damage. Now I've forgotten my mom's birthday a couple times. It's in my calendar, like, but one time in college, my mom called me. <laughs> she called me at eleven fifty eight PM. Yeah. And she said, Hey, uh, forget something. And I acted. I like I have a bad habit. I, I have a liar gene in me. Yeah. And I said, You didn't get the card? And she said, oh. you're lying. And I said, no, I sent a card. I sent a card. I'm going to, they didn't get there. And she's like, tomorrow, you're clearly lying to me. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I held to that lie. Did you mail a card and then try to pretend? No, I didn't even do that. John Marco. <laughs> well, I don't want to lie more. I don't want to build the lie out. So she thought the U.S. Postal Service just failed. I think utterly. one day I will like do like a uh, postmarked. I'll figure out a way to postmark a letter from like 2009, <laughs> and like it'll show up at her door at her at her new address, and be like, "Oh, he did send he this. He did send this. He wow. did send this." And inside it just says, "Hey, happy B day. Yeah, peace." Um. Yeah, but I I also I hate sending cards. I hate that. I hate it, and but it's always nice to get one. But I oh, but then you <laughs> yes, I, Russell, you've you've explained the nature I, of giving and but, taking. <laughs> <laughs> but I I we have a thing in our house where we if we get a card, uh, my wife and I if we if one of us gets a card, we look at it for probably we look at it, read it once, show the other person immediately in the trash. Like there's just no uh -huh. like we used to do that thing where like we'll put it up for a day on like a thing. Or like on the th on the fridge or something, and it's just it was just like this is so silly. Just you know, it, I keep the Christmas really cards. It. You do the Christmas cards. Well, uh, Lindsay, my friend Lindsay, she won't mind me saying this, but like she sent me a, a lovely card of oh, her like and her photos. her and her son, her family and her son, her her and her husband and her son, and uh, I kept in my head like write her, and then I didn't, and then of course I got the text, hey, you get the Christmas card. I was like, yes, Lindsay, it was beautiful, beautiful family. You're very happy. Congratulations. And our friend Jessica and her husband Max yes. sends very funny Christmas cards. I like cards. theirs because theirs is funny. I do save theirs sometimes because it's really funny and it's weird usually. And it 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 has a specific message. They handwrite the thing on the back of it too. I have I like. a feeling if Tove and I make it to Christmas that we will do cards. Really? I just feels like you have an I idea. Feel like she, you have a bit you'd like no, to try out. Yeah, but she would come up with a bit, and if a bit's good enough, I'll I'll do anything. Yeah. I uh, well, I want to I want to bring on our guest, but yes. I want to bring it on like this. So Tova and I, Tova is uh, my girlfriend and um, 
you can't tell from her name, but she's Jewish. <laughs> and um, <laughs> she 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 knew uh, our guest. Uh, he's the fantastic writer of, of the, the, the cookbook, uh, Jewish. And um, we decided we'd make something. I'm not a very good chef. I'm a notoriously bad chef, I'd say. I'd say I'm most famous, if anything, in my career for being a bad chef. So uh, we decided to make a babka, yeah. which I forced you to have some before. It was so good. Was it good? It was very good. Yeah. I did not contribute. I bought it. I paid for the babka. Yeah. And I don't have these ingredients. So that babka was a $100 babka. Like if we, you know, you calculate, because I needed this much kosher salt. Yeah. But they don't sell this much kosher. It's a piece of huge fucking box. I have kosher. I will never use this amount of kosher salt in my life. Um, so it's like a hundred dollar babka and it's really, you're, you know, you're buying the hundred dollars, you pass a pre-made babka for $10 and you're like, I should just get this babka. But it was <laughs> worth it when you made it, wasn't it? it? It was, it was quite good. It's a lot of, it's a lot of carbs that I have that I've been eating happily. It's, it's a, it's a very good filling. And then, you know, some, some things I think, you know, just so they can sell books. Like when people write cooking books, they write like stories with them. <laughs> so I'm reading this story out loud as we're making this babka. And as you know, Tova and I, super casual, very just casual. You know, we could, we're today, we're together today, broken up tomorrow. Who knows? I don't. We're, we're dating. We're boyfriend, girlfriend. But, I'm you sure know, she loves that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure she loves it. But as we're reading the fucking babka story, you, you our, our guest tells a story where he made babka for his boyfriend, and that was the day they said, I love you. And like, oh. was it the babka? <laughs> so now I'm under this pressure. Wow. We made babka. All of a sudden I have this unknown, like, I'm reading, oh, now you said I love you. Great, fantastic. And you haven't so, said I love you yet. No, because we've been dating for fucking six months. I mean, welcome to our guest. That's a half year. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. So it's just to put a time stamp, that was three months. The, of us dating when we did the babka and the I love you. Well, listen, maybe your babka was better than ours that because a- I, I ate this and I said, I like I like you. Yeah, we're like also, this. yeah, gay, gay people are on a, a faster timeline. Really? Maybe. With, with love yous? No, I don't know. I mean, I think they throw, I think gay people in general, maybe we throw it out more and I think, I feel like relationships are a lot, I think there's like a, a much shorter half-life and or there's ah, a- Ah, I see. Thing so just, you say I love you sooner but you say I hate you even sooner than that. Potentially, I'm a serial monogamous, so I've never really like been in that type of of gay relationship. You're still with the person from this book. My though. husband. That's your husband. Oh. Okay, great. Okay. How awkward would that be if you write a book about about some random boyfriend? Well, like, well, if you if you get, if you break, I there's this guy um, named Kevin Allison, and he hosts a a pod uh, a storytelling show. Uh-huh. He told this amazing story about meeting his husband, where like they met. And then they met again 10 years later and they got married. And it's a beautiful story. And then at the end, he has to go like, we're divorced now. But, and then he has to like, and he, you know, it's a stunning story. And it just, it, it's, uh, so, you know, someday, uh, Jewish and divorce, that's the sequel. Could be. Where it's just meals for one. You know, babka for one. Uh, there you go. Um, well, thank you for being on the downside. My pleasure. We know each other through social media. Yes, because your your face up close on TikTok with the like one off punchlines. Yes, yes, yes. They're very good. That's that's very kind of you. Um, now, have you ever been a performer? No, no. I you, mean, like, 
I guess like yeah, yes, in in this context of, sure. of like food, but like no, not like a no theater background, not chef slash singer. Slash... Are there chefs though where like you're like oh, oh they're the goodness. greatest chef in the world, but they can't do you they can't do an interview to save their life. That's most chefs. Really, I would say most restaurant chefs. That was been that's the hardest thing. Being someone who's worked in media for so many years, when you'd have to do like videos with chefs or interviews mm. with chefs, and you're just like pulling teeth. Like these are people that are truly meant for like basement kitchen like uh-huh, like just like uh-huh. cranking out the most gorgeous food the most incredible perspective but they just can't open their mouth and like have cohesive statements come out now where did you work in terms of like like you said you worked at like a publication yeah. so i started in restaurants i worked at danielle and abc kitchen here in the city okay i know abc kitchen there you go. um and then i uh worked at sever magazine a website called tasting table i was the food critic for time out new york oh. um, and most recently i was the editorial director for a website called the feed feed and now i'm just solo solo cranking out juice shit is this this is <laughs> was this your first book yes so to, and it did very well it was a New York Times bestseller. Oh wow. My God. I have to get the sign. Please, please remind me, Russell. I will not you leave without signing. Yeah, yes, will be yes, very yes. upset. Um, well, that's fantastic. Well, so where'd you grow up? In Queens. In Queens. All right. And uh, you know, this is obviously a negative podcast. Yeah. You seem open to it. You know, I'm a I, negative person. Well, well, talk to me about like, because originally the idea for this podcast was was to call it Kvetch. And the thing is like, you know, I'm... I'm I'm Jewish. <laughs> Kvetch by, uh, yeah. by, by John yeah. Marcos yeah, 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 yeah. Arezzi. <laughs> I'm Jewish. I would it's fair to say you're an anti-Semite. <laughs> I, uh, no, no. I'm uh I'm nothing but I'm you know, not Jewish. Did you even grow up with Jews? Uh, not really, no. Where'd you grow up? Upstate New York. Oh, like where upstate? Uh near Binghamton. Like well, that's that's up, that's upstate. That's yeah, upstate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my yeah, yeah. my definition of upstate, like anything past no, Rhinebeck is most like people here, but yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's it that's upstate, you know. That's like so You've uh, ever been to a bar mitzvah? No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah. And I, I grew up in Maryland, Potomac, Maryland, and just like, there was just a big Jewish population. So I didn't have bar mitzvah, but I went to a lot, all the bar mitzvahs. So you should have an adult bar mitzvah and then he can go. Well, well, yeah. I did do the birthright trip, and I got okay. like a speed bar mitzvah at the Western Wall. They got, Naturally, like, they always Jews. do that. But that's like that's like going to Vegas and getting married. Like that's not like you 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 legally it counts if you get married in Vegas. But the, it's not about that. It's about the they bar mitzvah. They pick me up in the chair. But it's about so much ritual and incredible kind of like deep diving into identity and connection and and doing like a mitzvah project, which is a big part of it. There's a lot of like deeper things that I think anyone can do as an adult. Um, I think there's a lot of problematic things about the bar mitzvahs of my childhood. And Whoa, my tell me one. what was problematic. It's just so riddled in privilege. And it just like it's so far, my sister and I had a B'nai mitzvah on a yacht that went around the Long Island Sound. Like oh. it was so- Wait, no, what did you just call it? A, a yacht, but you said no, oh, Benet, Benet, which is I'm a, not that a, poor. That's like, <laughs> it's called a yacht, uh, spelled with a C in the middle. Uh, Ever heard of it? It's like <laughs> it's a big boat, <laughs> um, like a sailboat. <laughs> it's when you do like a combined. So I did one with my sister. So and you called it a benet. Ben- so it's a, a bar mitzvah for a boy, bat mitzvah for a girl, benet mitzvah for for multiple. Now, that's, oh. like kid, that's not like in the Bible. That's like a later term. They're like, hey, can we come up with a word so our kid it's, doesn't feel like it's a no, shitty mitzvah? No, it just means it's just plural. It's just this is Hebrew. Okay. This is like plural Hebrew. Okay, so you you or you twins? No, she is thirteen months younger. Okay, so who was was she thirteen? Was she doing it early? So she was doing it twelve because oftentimes girls will have their bat mitzvah at twelve, boys at thirteen. 
Oh, oh my God. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, was it? Because here's what's interesting about the bar mitzvah, like an interesting phenomenon, is like this is like smack in the middle of puberty. So like we had some bar mitzvahs that were co-ed and we had a couple. We had some really good bar mitzvahs, but they were all dudes. And at least for me, I like the co-ed one. I like yeah, this is when I was grinding and dancing. Naturally. Um, Shirley Temples, Jersey Turnpikes, all of it. Of course. So uh, for you, was it fun? Was it a fun of event? Of course, it was fun. I mean, listen, I think so many of these, like, it really is like Pen15, the show, mm-hmm. on, on in the sense that, like, you really ha- have no grasp on being an adult, on being anything. You're going through puberty. You don't know what's going on. You don't, yeah. know, like, you don't know what's going on with your body. Some, it, depending on where you fall, your bar mitzvah falls within the season, you might be pre-puberty, you might be post-puberty. It's like, it might happen while you're talking. It might be happening. So it's like, you some, and I- it's like you have some people who are like really like developed and then you have children. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then they're just all like running around with, with glow sticks. Like acting like this yeah, is the, a lot the of glow sticks. Thing. We had, I mean, because Potomac had some very rich people and we had one where they had you ever do the music? You did like a fake music video, like green screen, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you got like feather boas. Of course, and you of course. Like, spice up your life, and that's what I picked. And uh, we had there was one that had its own music video center, and sometimes you get drunk. Like the really bad kids would like sneak in drinks at thirteen. That's pretty early. So I was on this this podcast, this other podcast about Judaism, and um, the right before me, the guest was Elliot Glazer, and he was talking about he just brought this up, and it was I had to, I, like we were talking on on Instagram about like how absolutely ridiculous it was that it was pretty common to have these little like cubes of like where they would blow money, like fake money, and you'd have to try to catch as much as you oh. want and trade it in for prizes. But I'm just thinking about the optics around all of these sure. and like the goyim there that are watching the, these teenage Jews just being conditioned to like grab the money. Grab the money, <laughs> grab the money. It's so bad. I, I don't like, know like why. The father's like running there to push the kids out of the way. I can get more than your little hands. <laughs> like who thought that was a good idea? Um, okay, so, so Queens uh, yeah. and how big a family? How many siblings? Uh, just my sister. Just your sister. Okay, so you guys were close. Yes. We, so I have a very marvelous Mrs. Maisel setup. So I actually live in the same apartment building as my sister and my mother. Currently, now? Currently. Wow. Yeah. How wow. long has that been for? Uh, Two years. Oh, okay. So you lived. I lived in Manhattan for five years. My okay. mom actually moved to this like new high rise in Long Island City. Really gorgeous. We would always like go over and use her amenities. Then my yeah. sister's lease was up and her and her husband moved in. And then like oh, we we sold our apartment in the city and we we're like, all right, are we going to Brooklyn? And then we just like, no, we're gonna nice. we're gonna join the And the, the party. father father? My my parents are divorced, my dad lives in Astoria. Okay. And how when did how old were you when they got divorced? High school. Let's High school. yeah, yeah. Let's go into oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like going back to like <laughs> the trauma. Oh my god. Okay, so all right, so you grew up in Queens. Uh, and was it a super religious or was it just no. like culture, just cultural? Exactly. Reform, didn't grow up with Shabbat, high holidays. Like that was, that was it. Like, uh, Passover. You can't, you can't miss Passover, but it's not yeah, like we yeah. did anything else remotely Jewish in between Passover and Yom Kippur. But you still went to Hebrew school. Yes. That was mandatory until the bar mitzvah. Then after that, you could quit. And were you glad that you did that? In hindsight, 100%. Uh-huh. 100%. At the time, is it just like Oh, my a- God. It was like just banging my head against, well, I don't want to go. Like, I just hated it. I mean, it's just like you have to go to more school. We also, like, for some reason, we were we went to Chabad uh, when we moved uh-huh. out. Because now, Chabad, up, that's the, this that's is the like, dipping in the... No, no Chabad, what's Chabad is just like more orthodox. Oh, I'm even... Oh, just, oh, like, okay. I thought, what's the thing where you dip in the, the water to purify yourself? The, the mikvah? 
That's the mikvah. That's the mikvah. Yeah, or the bath, bath. like the, the, bath the, the ritual bath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the mikvah. And, and mikvah. Yeah. Now, did you go to Israel at a young age? No, birthright. The birthright, birthright. my first time. And how old were you for that? I was. It was over my. It was. I was nineteen, and I had my twentieth birthday. That's the perfect time, I think, to yeah. do birthright. Yeah. We, so birthright, they extended it, I think, to thirty-two years old. You Correct. get this. It's a, essentially a two-week vacation to Israel. Yeah. Ten days. Ten days. And uh, this is, you know, Leviticus, 10 days. And um, uh, it's, I, they, it's now to 32 years old, but I went in the 25, 26-year-old group. And like we're at this age where they would be like, all right, guys, you need to be back by 10 p.m. And we were like, no, no, I'm an adult. <laughs> I'm going to do whatever I want. And we did. And it was it was just very interesting because they're, they're, they're trained as like a camp type thing. And we yeah. were just like, yeah, we're going to just do whatever we want. We're here. So the thing is, it, it, Birthright is great for like its purpose of getting people, you, especially when you grow up in New York, like your idea of Judaism and what a Jew is and how they eat and how they celebrate all that stuff, like completely gets turned on its head. And all of a sudden you're, you're in Israel and you, you go to the Western Wall and it's just like emotional and stuff. And you come back and you, my sister became like very religious when we came back. Really? She, then she married oh. a goy and unraveled and it's like the I whole thing. See. So now we're again, we're back at like an equal level. Um, but it affects everyone in different ways. That is so it, But it, it, The funny. goal is, I, I don't think the goal is to make people like super religious, but to like really start to question like what is your connection to being jewish past like having a bar mitzvah or being forced into all these things well, that's and a noble interpretation i also think it's so you support the state of israel so israel pays for it yes yeah well I mean, it's, 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 it's 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 yes who yes. else pays for it Tell, i don't know the no f- there are lots of i mean it, it's um what's the term um endowments there have been endowments that have been created by some very incredible, wealthy, knowledgeable supporters of Birthright that sure. also helps support sure, like famous Jews, Harvey Weinstein. No. Oh, like, my God. Okay. Listen, I know many of them. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yes. Is is there a gray area around the conversation on supporting the state of Israel? Uh-huh. 100%. But at the end of the day, it's not that deep, too. Because the it's, trip itself. they're not trying to condition you into being like, yay, Israel. They're trying to condition you in the sense of, this is your homeland. You are inheriting this. Yeah, we should say this. This podcast is sponsored by uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. <laughs> has given me no. Well, I, I. It was a lot less. There was a lot less propaganda than I had. That's what people said. They're like, it's a lot of propaganda. There was like one speech about it. But on the trip, they pair you with people who are in the. Is it called the army? The IDF. Yeah. The IDF. They they have a couple students. It's mandatory two years. Uh, in the IDF, yeah. if you live in Israel, and they were all uh, super liberal, oh, yeah. super just talking shit on, oh, yeah. on Israel. Um, but I remember I did I did a storytelling show uh, where I just I talked about the trip and, and the story. That I think we'll get to later. But afterwards, like this older guy came up to me and he was like, "So you drank the Kool Aid, didn't you?" Oh, and really? I was like, oh, "Oh no, 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 no! I just I I no, I just a bad." Person, I didn't look into it. I just but someone offered me a ticket. I mean, if I move, if I went to New York, America's like, done like insane shit too. Yeah, yeah, like Demi yeah, Lovato yeah. now, like that she got into trouble oh, with that. We stuff. wanted to talk about Demi Lovato. Uh, what about the Froyo or the about Froyo. the Froyo? Well, she's she's getting she just really just like is is oh my god. And like, trust me, I'm someone who also I I have my thoughts on diet culture, all that stuff. But this is not that deep. Like you're oh, going no. to so like, like you're stuff. going you're it's, going for froyo. If you, listen, if you didn't care about or you didn't want diet options, then you would have gone to like fucking Cold Stone. Or right, like there's right. You're going to froyo because there is this it's like froyo. It's this air of like it's healthy. So if yeah. I shove like if I, I always whenever I go for froyo, the idea is in my head is like if it if I 
try it in the sample cup, it doesn't count. So then yeah. I just get a yeah. small portion, and then it's like, no, you didn't just have every flavor three times. Like, Real, yeah, it really is that thing where you're like, it's it's one of those things where it's not you actually are distracting from a, a, a real conversation around yes. culture. You're actually making it worse for people that are that are talking about that sort of thing because you're like, because then people hear that and they're like, well, where are you going to go? Where you're not going to see something that's like, do you know, uh, it, it's just, it's an insane, it's crazy. Yeah, she had the same thing with Israel because I was, she oh, went on a trip she? to Israel and she got a lot of slack because obviously I think there are two conversations when it comes to Israel. It's like, does Israel have the right to exist slash the Israeli occupation of Palestine, which is the West Bank and uh -huh, Palestine. Uh -huh. And to me, I think those are two very separate conversations. And I think the concept of Israeli occupation should constantly be talked about. The conversation about like, does Israel have a right to exist? It's a currently a, a place. Mm -hmm. So do you want it dissolved um, sure. is the other conversation. Um, but she got all this hate naturally. What did, and she, what did, what she, did she say? She, she said she it triggered posted, her. She posted it. They said, <laughs> yeah. like, the fact that they're splitting this Israel and Palestine, it makes me feel like I need to split my own body. She posted it's, pictures at the wall and she got a lot of slack and she pretty much put you out said a slack. You mean flack. Oh yeah, whatever. Slack, 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 slack is, is like, the app. it's okay, yeah. Demi. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. beautiful wall. We well, get yeah. it. <laughs> um, and so she, she posted that she's like, I got this free trip from one of these organizations and they did not warn me that Israel was this controversial place. And that was pretty much her <laughs> excuse. And I was just like, excuse me? Like, 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 I'm sorry. Like, you don't get to like this, this like really blame that she's blaming the Jews. Really? Oh, it's yeah, like, like the accountability of like not Googling things to oh. ever of being like, it, it, and just that, have a stance on it's it. A it's a wild like, you can, thing. Like, That's yeah. Yeah, I mean, you get hit this level of <laughs> fame. It's controversial. Well, yeah, it's where it's like, I don't know. I just think you could be like just existing in America. You could be like, well, America is real problematic. Really? If you Truly. go up to other I places. I went down where... south and no one had told me that. <laughs> Did you know that it's <laughs> a little bit racist? things happened here. <laughs> um, well, yes. I mean, so at least the, the yogurt thing, was the yogurt thing, was it like an independent Froyo place? Oh, I, I think it was a small chain. That, you see, like, that's what I find even more upsetting. I'm just like, you have, the problem is no one should have, no one should have the kind of power that celebrities do. So like, it's already outsized power. And I do get the thing of like, you're a human being and you're like, I want to complain yes. about something. I yeah. love to complain. But it's just like, then get an alt account. Because when you complain about it, your your followers they're gonna send hate mail to the Froyo uh, place. It's gonna be in all the papers. What is? I'm just saying she saw it. It said guilt you, free. They, it's not even could, their cookie. It's someone else's but, cookie. But at the same time, there is that idea. I do think that like the any press is good press. Their Instagram following like jumped sure, up. Sure. Yes. I'm sure a lot of people are gonna be like, this girl is crazy, and we're gonna go support them just because. But are they gonna be the people that like you want to support them, or is there gonna be like a bunch of like fucking conservatives being like, fuck, fuck, cancel culture. Now we're Froyo people. <laughs> it's like the South starts having the best Froyo yeah. oh my God, in yeah. all the world. Yeah, they're all flocking to LA. Yeah. It's I, and it's in LA, right? Of course. I just think like I, I was saying to Russell, like LA, like New York. Oh my god, I hate LA. I think it's the it's, it truly <laughs> what a shithole. Well, I was oh just my talking god. about like there's this huge like problem of home. There's a there's thing about scale and size. I mean, not to bring this up with Demi Lovato, but there of like size of like of like problems in the world. And yeah. I'm saying like if you go to LA. You must have passed on the way to the Froyo place. Yeah. I don't know a thousand homeless people, and like the thought of it just being like, but this, this is the problem that yeah. I'm gonna call attention to. To yeah. me, is it's just in it's disproportionate. Also, singling out like you said, a small business where if you really wanted to have a thing about diet culture and like use an example of being in a Froyo place, what and you 
you kind of like thought about it a little bit more what you were saying. Um, th- th- there's a way to talk about it and do the thing without having to then be like a go after. And you know why they made it? She made it sound like they were like had signs everywhere. So like you're a fatty, yeah. eat this. Like it's really <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. again not that deep. Like they, she's like, can I have a sample? And they were like, are you sure? <laughs> or they gave her like a thimble of it. I think there's also the reality of it's like. If you want to go after diet culture, go after, I don't know, fucking Goop. But you're not going to go after, like, those companies because you don't want to fuck with Gwyneth Paltrow no. because it's part of your – you yeah. are going after an enemy you know you can yes. crush. The true yes. enemy in America, which I have succumbed Froyo. to. No, it's MLMs. I am oh, like, my God. Truly. Oh, oh my and God. I've bought, I've bought them. Like, a tru- the last one, a friend of mine, like, swore by this one, um, and I bought it. And it, it was – it's just, like – tons of caffeine and and just enough to like sustain your blood sugar and you lose a little bit of weight and then you gain it all back and you're miserable and and truly that is like the bane of my existence so just and you mean all of them. there's a lot of food no ones. there's a lot of there's a lot of diet ones there's a lot of diet ones exercise yeah sure. but the main ones are are like you have like the the aromatherapy crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. but the the diet pills big there's, and I take, I'll take anything. I'll put anything into my body if it tells me I'll lose weight. Really? Truly. You just biked here. You're you're doing now. I'm in, I'm in a in a healthy place now. This is like a p- recent pandemic bettering of myself. Before oh. it was just like ah, whatever it takes. You see, I think most people in the pandemic probably made stuff from your book and probably put on a lot of weight. And you, <laughs> and that's like, my fault. <laughs> well, frankly, I don't know how. You know, I'm I'm making I'm making this the, the babka, and it's like yeah. you, I have two loaves. Two what I call loaves. Babka. Two loaves above. That's a lot of babka. Yeah, and you like, could freeze one. You could give no it one, away. and also no one's telling you you have to eat both loaves in one sitting. It's it's, it's like a very <laughs> pungent thing. It you smells could, good. You could bring it to someone's birthday That's party part on of Saturday. It, the whole idea of this book sure. is is about cooking and, and sharing. It does feel nervous. I I have not cooked a lot, but like to bring something to someone's house, that I do cooked? feel a nervousness of people being like not eating it and it would hurt my feelings yeah. oh, truly yeah. there is that is one of my biggest fears in life and one so the one thing is social anxiety around being jewish and showing up empty-handed not an option i have to bring something yeah, that's one part I of the go. culture i did not Where, take wherever i go that is the most goyish thing you can do <laughs> yeah. is show up without something oh my god i there is nothing that gets someone uninvited to any other function sure. in the future hey, is if they don't now. bring anything you do you do i do you definitely i mean do but now. i learned but i learned like at a late I, it was something that my parents did not teach me and i had to learn it as an adult being like you can't you have to bring and something. It's rooted so much. It's I've I've um done a lot of like exploration. I'm not religious, but in terms of the way that like the secularization of Torah has kind of resulted in this like Larry David Seinfeld esque mm-hmm. America of what a Jew looks like and acts like. So you think of to me the, the most important scene that my family truly embodies is in Seinfeld when they when George and Susan's parents meet for mm-hmm. dinner and they bring a marbled rye and they don't put it out with dessert and they take it back. <laughs> they, he, he takes oh it, he takes God. it back and they're in the car and, and, and the mom is just like, we're sitting there like idiots drinking coffee without a piece of cake. Who doesn't put out a piece of cake with coffee? And, and they're just going back and forth about how absolutely like they, they they could have called them a slur like it truly it's yeah. that offensive yeah. Yeah. to not serve dessert and not put out something that was brought um and i just completely relate to that and i think that's that's my biggest fear i do a lot of cooking and baking for others and i can never be one-upped cannot like i will die before i get one-upped 
who's one up one up in you at this yeah, shit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean listen, listen. Some sure, of these, sure some of these dinner parties, cry. some I mean, of these shabbats are. If I was going to your dinner party, like the thought of me bringing food to well, you your bring, dinner party, bring wine, bring wine, sure, Everyone's bringing wine. You're making everything. All right, let's not get too positive here. I. So you, well, I imagine people invite you to parties. I feel like people must people don't invite you. What do you like? You, you, just because of all of this, like, I'm not very popular. I feel like you'd be invited to parties where, like, you're like, does anyone like me, or do they? Am I just invited for the food? Well, that's that's valid. That's a valid thing. Um, n- but also not even to that. You're not a popular boy. I don't think so. I have a few friends. I but I, I don't have a, a large. I'm not one of those gay, gay guys that has like the the crew and they're in Fire Island like going wild. Yeah, you were like, just complaining about those kind of gay guys. Before I just you think up. I just find you were like I hope he's not one of those. John Margo likes to throw me under the bus. I just find I think anyone who has more than ten friends is a character flaw. Like I just don't think that. I like how, that a lot. How you know can what? You, That's a great how thing. How can you be that close with more than ten people? You know, we have a friend Chris, and I've always said he has a character flaw. He has too many friends. And really? that feels, Chris has a lot of friends. He and does. I have like I have I feel I'm like with I have you. a lot of friends. You do? How many people are coming I to guess this birthday? Not compared like, to Chris. That people that you would call on their birthday. Oh, um, you know what? I have probably five to eight of those. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a good amount. I liked it, so it's a big thing is around like birthday gifts, and I'm someone who truly am so neurotic and so like paranoid that people don't like me anymore and i typically gauge that by acts of service as of like giving uh-huh. gifts or, or showing up mm, sure. and, and bringing things and just like showing when my dad that they love me. me on my birthday exactly like, he doesn't love me so like that is something that i as if someone forgets something or doesn't do one of those things then naturally in my head they don't like me anymore and i'm dead to them i hear that wow i hear that yeah. but I, I think the problem we do have a lot of like small signifiers like the facebook birthday thing where it's like i'm not on facebook anymore it, because it, of that yeah but it's, well, it's just, also it's a it's an old person thing now my 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 mother-in-law is always like you didn't see the thing i posted on facebook I'm like i'm not on facebook like you, you like all of her friends are commenting on shit and yeah. it's my grandmother and and them they're going rampant but you text happy birthday and like i'm like oh, that's not the same it's the calling Leaving the voicemail, doing what you said, or you're not your friend. We had a friend. I, I used like to a, have a friend. I, I'm fine with a text. I used to have a friend named Jessica, and she's in our sketch team. And you uh, used she to? had a birthday party that I was not invited to, and it was her that's husband. A big thing. Oh, it was her, that husband was her husband slip up. That's at least that's the story. No, it definitely was. It, it, definitely it probably was. is. But let me tell you. Oh my that God. hurt my feelings I, in a really I, deep way. So well, I haven't actually talked about this publicly yet. Oh. But this, uh, so it's been something that that has been i think the next level of that is the pandemic and the way that that has affected things so for example my husband and i we were very strict very very strict especially starting in january because like i started having like work things i did a series for food network kitchen of cooking videos that we were filming in in end of january it's like i can't risk not not even like afraid of covid dying just like i can't I can't risk being out two weeks of work. Yeah. Especially then with the book. So I was yeah. like super, super strict. And we ended up missing a few like gatherings with friends. Um, and I think they started to realize that we were not comfortable or, or, or again, we were just like some things we just couldn't do. And then we just stopped getting invitations and there was like a birthday weekend and I was crushed. And then oh. I, I'm at, but again, I'm very like, not, I wouldn't say passive aggressive. I'm just also very like, like, please like me. So, like, I found out where they were going for dinner, sent them a bottle of champagne. It sounds pretty sad because, it like, it was pretty sad. Sure, um, sure. And it crushed me. Oh, my God. Oh. I was, like, like crushed, crushed, crushed. For, yeah. like, more so than now it should have affected was, Are we me. talking, like, May or, like, no, he says January. March. This March. was March. Oh, this oh past March. 
No, no, this was end of February. End of February. End of February. Okay, so you're still strict, but now you know now you're doing. Well, the now we're bo- no, we're both we're both vaccinated. vaccinated. We're so yeah. having big Shabbat dinners. Not big, but we're back to having with vaccinated people at least. Yeah. I, I went to a couple of my first Shabbat dinners because of my girlfriend, but they were they were like these Brooklyn Shabbat dinners. Those, where, those are real. Where real. after they read you know the prayer thing, they then read the astrological charts for that week. What? And then someone passed out loose MDMA. <laughs> I sounds my, great. my girlfriend and I did not partake in the MDMA. Um, that actually does sound like my kind of Shabbat. I do pass around edibles at my Shabbats. Edibles sounds nice. MDMA. Yeah. I haven't done That's it. A lot. It's a lot. I it's don't a lot. Know. It's, it's a lot. And it was, I don't know. It was. It was. Uh, I should do it more because it was also like it was a Shabbat with like uh, people who are not in my industry. Like there's a lot of my world socially is just artists, creatives. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you meet regular people, and you're reminded why. You don't spend more time with them. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I think I think you bring up a good point though. With with COVID specifically, uh, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that w- happened in terms of of people having different rules for w- how they were living, and you can't help but then have judgment about other yes. people. And then so like there's weird things that have been brought up in friend group, in family groups, in things where you're, it's hard to unsee now, like as you come out of COVID, that you're like, oh, you realize things about it's certain like force, friends. Or it's certain like force family. majeure. Yeah, it's like it's an interesting you, you, thing. You also happened. see where people are like morally in terms of like some people. So you, you just see how where where you confront the way people uh, view the world and their responsibility as a human being within it in a way that you don't have to deal with, I think, in average times. If like someone's yeah. going out and they're like, eh, whatever, you only live once. And then others like, yeah, but I want to live as long as I can. <laughs> One of the funniest, my mom told me yeah. this story. And this was like, this was early COVID. This was like April or May. And she's in LA. And uh, they were being like, you know, they were being hyper strict, even if you were outside. They were like, you had to be wearing a mask outside. And I totally get, like, if you were, like, walking alone on an abandoned sidewalk. But she was walking on the beach. She calls me. She says, so I was walking on the beach. She's the Jewish one of my family. I was walking on the beach, and uh, some woman was like, um, remember your mask? And she was like, what a bitch. Am I right? And I was like, I kind of agree with the woman. You should have worn your fucking mask. Mom. Oh, interesting. I actually uh, on the beat. The, it's funny because but, in, this was in this was in May. So like that's this was fair. It was the beginning. Early, it was the beginning. Was I was beginning. just like I was like I was like I get it. Just fucking do it. Just do Let's it. just all do it. Just do it. I was the asshole at the gym in our building. So our gym <gasps> closed for a bit, and then it reopened last fall, and then it was like my lifesaver because I spent a lot of time there, and I am like, what? Just reading? Yeah, just reading. Yeah, yeah. yeah just rolling around on the floor. Um, <laughs> I was just ruthless of anyone, like under the nose. I pull it up, like just I was uh-huh. that guy because, like, it's one thing when you're walking or outside, but like at the gym, people get on the treadmills, they're like huffing and puffing, and they're just like spit going everywhere. It's like that is the one place where just like pull up your fucking mask. If you can't work out with the mask, then get the fuck out. Like I'm just like sure, truly. Yeah. I was like, if I'm suffering on this Peloton bike, literally like gasping for air, <laughs> it's like suffering on this. Like Peloton. you have to too. I'm not like doing this. Um, uh. I, I, I hear that. I uh, I eventually found a mask that was good for working out. I originally what, which tried one to, did you get? The, I have the Under Armour one. Okay, so fantastic. Do you um uh, I'm in fucking a bunch of straight people, so you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. What do you um, gonna, what, the like, Real Housewives of the Assless? Like which one? No, the Real Housewives. He's a big Real Housewives. Big Real the Jill and Ally masks. Oh, from from old Jill days. So from yeah, Jill Zarin. Wow. So I beca- I became friends with Ally, who would come to Shabbat's, <laughs> and uh. 
And oh my God, it, truly after this, everyone needs to go to my Instagram. I did, when I was doing my book tour, I did all these IGTVs cooking with like different celebrities. Uh -huh. And I did one with Jill and she is so iconically just like stream of consciousness. She, she started making another recipe. Yeah. Like she was just everything oh God, you could so ever funny. wish for. But these masks are super comfortable. They like start making these tie dye masks and most of them are like two ply. So I truly don't think that they do like I really, yeah. I really think I, that it's like it's just for for a show. You're, but so like, you're at the gym yelling at people. You have a see-through mask on. <laughs> I have one of those like, mesh ones. No, but like mo uh, the the ma it's more of the idea. And also, it is funny to see people. Some people wear. I saw this just on the way here. Some people have the 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 clear mask uh -huh. like over the thing. I'm like it that doesn't do anything on the subway. Like you're sitting there. It, they have no cloth on their yeah. face, so they just have like the 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 plastic piece covering their face asshole but like you're like you're not doing you're nope. not doing it like but i'm not i don't understand how i purposely start coughing into, around these kinds of people 14 oh months into i have my mask on but i just want them to feel a little fear but they like, don't they don't know they, they think they're care. doing it they, no, don't they care. think they're doing it and i'm like 14 months how do you not know how it works that if your face is like open exposed it's mm -hmm. gonna get in there well now we're at a weird time I'm that we're all we're vaccinated, all vaccinated yeah. but I, I do, I see some people who are like, I'm going to wear the mask even when this is over. And I'm like, let me tell you when it's socially acceptable to, to like generally not wear this mask, I am out. Two I, instances. I did it. I did it. But if I you're did sick it, but I'm not wearing it. There are like, two yeah. instances. I am always going to wear a mask on an airplane forever because this was something that we just realized in this pandemic, we would always go on vacation and we'd get there and we'd get sick. Mm -hmm. and we've just come to this realization it's like we would always get sick from the airplane from being so close to people and if this is the one thing that keeps our vacation sacred 100 percent. that's 100 percent. that's a good point and, and subways oh i'm not gonna wear like the full one but i'll wear the cloth I, mask i'll wear like i'm sick or just around I, I just i'm around strangers like i i'm so i don't like crowds i've never liked crowds and the idea of us going back to like crowded subways and all of these things where you're just so close to people and i just never want to be sick again i was i'm like a falling apart jew that always i every month there would, there would be some ailment and to, to sure to have a year of not being sick was such a blessing oh it's sick in the head but like not like uh -huh, like physically uh -huh. sick like oh oh so let's let's go back to your divorce, your parents' divorce. <laughs> divorce my parents. Oh my god! Before because yeah, we got to get to the the sads, yeah, the negatives, the downside. So your yeah, parents we were got divorced. Too much fun in COVID. <laughs> yeah, too much fun talking about my paranoia of my friends yeah. not loving yeah. me anymore. <laughs> so your how old were when your parents got divorced? Uh, it's uh, going into my senior year of high school. They couldn't oh. wait one more year. No, that's what my they sister, couldn't wait. My sister one always said, yeah. always said. So she was a a junior, or did she bump up? No, she was a sophomore. I was going into my senior. So we were, because really? of, because she was born in February, I was born in December. Oh, I see, they, I see. Because of that, how it fell. So how they, did you know it was coming? No. Everyone was completely wow. shocked. Wow. How did they tell you? It was like, my mom was just crying all morning and then they told us. And it was like, oh. it was so, I mean, it was such a rocky few years because then I was, then we had this one year and I did a very tumultuous relationship with my father, which is now great, but um, just the, like, I had to deal with it for a year and then I went off to college and it was an adult. And my sister had to deal with it for another, yeah, you know, like an extra two years um, before she got to like, where'd you go to college? Adult. I went to the Colonial Institute of America State. So, but you could still visit pretty freely. I actually did. 
Sure. Um, I did I did visit often. But it was just something that was very it was all it was all very a very dark time. And we also didn't tell anyone when we were in high school. Really? Which is that was a complete we kept it a complete secret. I was just terror. I don't know. We were, was that was that we just had shame. We were just, just were sh- ashamed of it, and we didn't want to be like another one of those kids with divorced parents. Well, how how frequent? There was a lot of divorce where I where oh I a lot up. a lot, but it was it, again. I think most of them waited until they finished high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that is interesting. If there was a mass mass divorce once people got out of yeah. the house. Yeah. I uh, I was in college when my mom and stepdad got divorced, and I like flew back horrible tr- it was like i flew back to be there for the announcement oh but the thing God. is everyone knew it was coming except for my little brother so it was this weird like oh. theatrical and was event. that and that that was that your half brother or like oh that- uh, yeah so it's my half brother um and uh we we i went back home and they called like a family meeting and we knew what what it was but my brother he was probably like maybe seven or eight but he was he Wait, was like, how what was the age difference so i was, was i think i was a sophomore in college maybe so i was like you know, nineteen twenty. I had uh, one sister who was junior, senior high school, one sister in high school, and then my brother who was still like a, a kid. Wow. And so we have this family meeting and the mood is grave. We all know what it's for. <laughs> so it's kind of weird. And my, my little brother, he comes in, he's like, oh, we got to talk about how awesome I am and how you're not <laughs> awesome like me. And I'm he's like, not reading the prize. Like, he's not reading the room at all. And I'm like, baby, you're not going to feel awesome for a very long time. And I'm sure it hit him more than the three of you. Yeah, well, I think it's interesting because we knew it was coming. Yeah. And you said it really, you didn't know. You no. didn't know. Completely. Looking back, are you like, oh, right. Look, I mean, looking back, like they were not a well-matched couple. Like, and, and I guess they were in so many ways, but it's like we were, we were such like a picture-perfect family. And then it was just like a downward spiral into like, Fuck you, mom. Fuck you, dad. Like all of this. Like my sister and I just like went completely AWOL. Um, but we were also very good kids. So it was fine. And we kept it to the house. And now we just have this very free relationship. And I will say like it forced us to become adults very quickly. One uh-huh. of the things that that I think is the, the most, I, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. I guess it's just a thing um, that like we have, the especially, especially with my husband and myself, like the roles have reversed. So we really are the like we the roles of, of parent child have pretty much reversed and just sometimes like we get these these questions and it's just like are you not capable are you not a functioning like how did you decide to have children if you can't figure this out sure and yeah. and yeah it makes you really think about like what was in their head and you look up to these people like they're they're superheroes they're your, your idols they they know all and then one day you realize like oh no uh yeah, my dad's a Republican. Like he really doesn't know anything about most things in in this category. And and then my mom is is like, she's a double Ivy League educated doctor who cannot, for the love of dear God, open her iPad or like uh-huh. like figure yeah. out how to how to update something. And and truly, you just start to realize like. Wow, is this going to be me one day? It's like, our, and then if they're married, you know, they're able to hide some more things that you know the father yeah, helps one, the iPad. Yes. She liberalizes him a little. Yeah, yeah. I uh, are they dating? My dad has a girlfriend, and for years, my mother has dated. She had one long term thing, um, but she she uh, we really want her to find someone. Is she on? Is someone she's Jewish? on J Swipe J Date. She's. I mean, I think I'll, I'll take a goy at this point. Like anyone, they You'll just they, they have to be. They it's just my parents are like, and we're all very quirky. Like we just 
you need a specific type of person to match that energy. My mother. Let me just say, yeah. I do think it's a lot that her children live in the same building as her. Like they have to jive with you guys in oh, a yes. way that that's that's tough. My sister, well, my sister especially. My sister is. <laughs> she, uh, she is not like past ones that makes it very well known mm. um, oh that's tough which is fair but like once they hit know, an age i'm just like but my dad's girlfriend incredible we love oh, her good. truly truly okay. truly truly so like he like so he is so lucky well good good for them i hope it i hope it works out second marriages statistically get divorced more often than first marriages but sometimes um, people just do that i don't think yeah thing, you know like i I'm think sure. at that point they're both yeah she was, she's also a, a widow so i don't know if like i don't know if i guess i've heard that's a personal i don't know if widows get remarried often in the sense or let's, if they i don't know let's make a big statement about widows <laughs> <laughs> i uh well okay well let's talk because you talk about a great deal in this book about uh being gay and yeah. jewish and um, the only two things I have going for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when did you when did you come out? Freshman year of college. Actually. Freshman year of college. Do you think the the divorce? You're like you're getting yeah, divorced. Made, well, guess me, yeah, what? Yeah, um, we're all making changes <laughs> in our life. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think it's you go to college you're on your own. I left. Like, I went. To, I grew up in Queens, but right before bar mitzvah season, actually, I moved out to Long Island, and I just think that. So many, uh, there was just not a lot of people who were out. There was a big stigma around being gay, even though it's like, uh, I, don't, I don't know why. Um, I mean, like, I don't know. So Long Island and Queens, I mean, is it similar No, cultures? it was actually very different because growing up in Queens, it was incredibly diverse. It yeah. was, yeah. Uh, Long Island is like the blueprint for segregation, the sense of, of creating these suburban towns and, and, and redlining. And it was drastic i grew up in in my class until seventh grade was predominantly different kids from all over asia and and well from families that came all over asia but there were like a lot of first gen a lot of immigrant families um so like there was normalization of of snacks and i would go with my friends like houses after school and we'd pick up like bubble tea and we would go for Indian food. And, and yeah. it was a lot more global. And I was actually the minority in terms of being a Jew. Mm. And then I went to Long Island and all of a sudden it's like, Oh my God, everyone's Jewish. Yeah. Everyone's Jewish. Everyone's Jewish and affluent. And that like, it was, this was like the age of juicy couture. So everyone was in their velour tracksuits and, and they were just had completely oblivious to the world around them. You think people in velour track sh suits would be very open to gay culture, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it was something that I, I go to college and all of a sudden it's like no 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 this is this is it. All right, I just remember we need because this good part for uh, this is now we have to do commercials. Okay, and let's we don't get to pick them, so let's hope it's for velour track suits. <laughs> and we're back. Um, okay, so you went to culinary, yeah, for culinary college school. right out yeah, the gate, right so from you high knew. school. Yeah. How now? Who's who's the chef in your face? Was your mom none, or your dad? None, none. None. How did you find out? It was so again going like yeah, really. Cooking were you doing in high school? Like, I was just always enamored by like Food Network, and I would come mm. home and I would just like watch Ina and Giada, and I was just like so mesmerized. Are by, these chefs, I, or these are Food Network. <laughs> these are Food Network. Ina Garten and Giada Del Rentis. You have no idea who these people are. I know no. who Ina Garten is. She's the one with. She's barefoot. Barefoot Contessa. Okay. Yeah. Yes. You've never heard she's of Ina bare, Garten. Barefoot Contessa. What does that mean? It was a show. It was her. So it was, was her show. show, and it was the name of her store out in in the Hamptons. And she's barefoot. That's I don't know the other one though. Giada De Laurentiis? No. Little Italian girl. 
Um, oh my God! This Have is you like, heard of Rachel Ray? Yes, I'm actually I'm going to be on the Rachel Ray show <laughs> really? on Tuesday. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, Between this and that, everything's happening. They- <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Truly, yeah, uh, that's it. Um, are you going to be in studio? No, no, it's still, uh, still it, remote. Can I just say? Oh. Does it kind of? When did this come out? This book? Uh, March. March. Is it? Is it kind of like? Oh, I wish I could be in person and I'm at home doing yes. Zoom with Katie Couric. That was one. Yeah, that yeah. was one of them. Oh, and um, you're just like, oh, I wish I could be there. Yes and no. Um, yes, but I know it's going to come. No, because it was, it has allowed me to leverage platforms and get eyes on the book that never would have happened. Sure. That's true. Mm-hmm. So that has been really, 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 really big. Um in terms of of like the in studio things, like yeah, I did. This, I've done now the Today Show twice via Zoom. I did Good Morning America via Zoom. Rachel Ray, this will be a second one via Zoom. And you have an agent now with this. Like I book these for you. I mean, yes, I have a publicist for my books. I now have managers separate for just like me. Oh God, this is so exciting. Um, wow. But. What were we talking so about? So you were you were cooking. So you oh, watched all these shows in high school. In high school. Yes. Oh yes, yes. Are you yes. making anything at home too? So that's what it was. I was a very heavy kid, um, and I didn't have many friends, and I was insecure about everything, including my sexuality. Now, when we say heavy, because like I, I have I have talked about like being a heavy kid and have been corrected. I was just like a chubby kid, like a, a very heavy kid. Uh, I would say very. I would say that I was probably a foot shorter and twenty pounds heavier. Okay. Than what I am now. I don't have that calculator. I'm trying to like you know like use graphic design in my head. I'm I was like, I was I was very overweight. You're like very medically overweight. very overweight. Okay. Um, and so you were watching cooking shows. And I started throwing these dinner parties for my friends. For, for in high people school. in high school. That'd be wild. If I had, I had no high school friends throwing dinner parties. Oh my god! Dinner literally, parties. when you're looking back, this was it was trash. All of it was trash. What, anything? What were you it making? Was, I was like, making like like. It was like Parmesan polenta and ratatouille and then like pumpkin bread for dessert. Like all these like basic food network recipes. They were uh-huh. all ter- like looking back, just all terrible. But um, it really helped me build community. And I, I just fell in love with this kind of like almost like a grift of like, you want to be my friend? Come over for dinner. And mm. I do that to this very day. That's why that's why I think a lot of my relationships with people is is transactional in the sense of me like cooking for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As like a, at least a baseline. Um, food is let me tell you I mean I, I the, the the woman I'm seeing you know what she makes a meal like there's there's something very uh a, a very yeah. appreciative there's something yeah. very like mm-hmm. comforting and warm and yeah. having been like single for like a long 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 time <laughs> and eating my own shitty shitty food and then like coming home to like a multi-part meal it is it's nice yeah so all right so you're cooking you apply when you apply do you have to like make shit? No, but you actually have to have six months restaurant experience before you enter. Oh. So it's all conditional. Um, These all must be unique because I feel like any kid in high school who is cooking in a restaurant, like that's a unique kid. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know anyone from my high school who was working in a restaurant. Yeah. What restaurant was your first restaurant? It was this sandwich shop on Long Island. Still, honestly, one of our favorites. We go off. We go out often just to like make trips to get these sandwiches called Roast Sandwich House in Melville, and mm. it was it was these guys these talent all italian guys and how they treat they, you tell me any, they any... treat me they treat me very well it was i mean it was all men very like broy jersey shore-esque kind of personalities yeah, yeah, yeah. two of them were brothers the the one of the brothers that did like the front of house was like a like a muscle head like truly like just like could destroy you um and they didn't i wasn't paid i was paid in like free food because i like 
they knew. Hey, like, this kid, it, it he'll just take like, some food. Give like, him a but, salad. <laughs> truly. But I was like, I needed, I needed them as much as they needed me. Wow. And you just knew you needed that. I need. You I wouldn't. I wouldn't for culinary exactly. School. I wouldn't be able to do it. So I was like going around different restaurants, being like, "Who's going to take me?" And someone's like, "This new place is opening. Um, you have to go." And I went, and I was like, "All right." So you go to the school. What? What are? What are cooking people like? Like, is there like a trope of like? What are I mean? Are you all like totally different? Were you yes. all overweight kids that only no, made friends? No, no, yeah. <laughs> no. There were. I mean, there were a lot of. By the time I got to culinary school, I was fit. My senior year of high school, I lost a crazy amount of weight. Few eating Is that disorders. A lot like, of chefs have gone through. They were like, they learned how to cook as a kid. No, no, no. I, uh, maybe the gays, at least. I think. I think it's more common with. I know uh, a lot of gay people, both in comedy and and in um, just general life, that were heavier kids, and they get really fit then all of a sudden attention starts coming to them. And it's this fascinating dynamic of like how you manage that while at the same time, like still being in like insanely insecure and not understanding yeah, yeah, yeah. the attention. Yeah. Um, which for a kid coming to terms with his sexuality turned out to be like, Oh, you're gay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, is there you, like, I'm in theater and there's yeah. obviously a lot of gay men in theater Musical theater school. I went to college. Yeah, musical yeah, yeah, theater. yeah. And uh, you know, at the beginning there was plenty of game, and by the end there was even more. Uh, what is it like in the in the culinary world? Is so it's divided, um, and it's very strange because you have to remember that not everyone is like me coming straight from high school. There are a lot of people who have changed careers. Yeah. So they're like, I'll be in a class with someone with people who are in their forties, fifties, thirties, late twenties, all that stuff, and I'm this like seventeen year old being like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. but um. I would say in the pastry program. So you got to be a culinary arts major or a pastry arts major. In the pastry program, you have the predominant. That is like, very funny. I mean, there's gay. something just funny that the pastries, <laughs> that's where all the gays are in the that's pastry. That's true. Now, all why? The, all the mean misogynists. I like, just think it's. Yeah, it's all the, yeah, the big that, steak guys, hey. the salt bays and <laughs> exactly. the whatnot. That's one school. Yeah. Why do you think. That's that's why. Why? I mean, I'd love to say that there's this level of like masculinity in the, the back of house and like femininity in terms of the artistry around pastry. Maybe. But at the end of the day, I just think it's the way that it's like the the just stereotypes that society has beaten into them. But still, there's yeah. something like attracted. I, I had a friend, uh, Rob Nannis, and he's, he was a producer, and he once told me his theory was that the reason there were a lot of gay men in theater was like in when you're a theater kid in high school, it's one of this place where you can like express yourself finally in like a different way yeah. than the norm. And, and you know, whether you're singing or dancing or whatnot, there's more room to be like, I mean, I think that's why I became more theater. Not, not be because I like had like a unusual energy than the traditional masculine version. I wasn't the sports kid. And so I just wonder, that's just fascinating. Yeah. That, that, um, so you went straight to the culinary. Yeah. I mean, straight to the pastry. No, degree. I did culinary. You did culinary. I did culinary. And then how long is that program? It was three and a half years because I did my bachelor's. Okay. And were you taking any academics? Yes. I mean, that's part of that. So that's the kind of the second par portion of it. Two years is your associate's degree, which is pretty much predominantly just cooking classes. So you're in kitchens doing things and that's the meal program for the rest of the students. So you go around and you like swipe your meal card and pick up the dishes that other kids are cooking. Mm. And so crazy is like little mini like restaurant services, which that's is amazing. really cool. And you eat pretty well. Um, and then 
uh, then it's like the second part was like all the management stuff and like accounting and like if you're running a restaurant, this, that. Mm. And then that's actually where I took my first like food writing course. I think which, it's funny if you like suck at your, if you're like a bad student, people have to then eat your food. Well, you know, a lot of people don't even make it to like the number one thing that causes people to have to drop out is they can't pass the math course. There's like a very, like very easy math course that I mean, I it's not a difficult college in the sense of academics. Sure, so they sure. took like every AP I, I credit I had from high school yeah. and I didn't have to take any of those classes, but like there's like a very basic math course that a lot of people can't pass. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. Cause I feel like there's a, there's a, a plenty of a Tova uh, said that she's, she doesn't really bake. Yeah. And she said what she doesn't like about baking is it's very exact. It's very exact. And she when she's cooking on it a isn't, pan, it she isn't. Can... There's so many things. Like bread is not exact at all. It's pretty exact, but it actually ha you have to be very flexible with it. Everything, I just think like when people say that, it's it's like it's just an excuse. Like you can do whatever you want. Like you could still bake. You like is it, is it really like, to, like fucking is, it, is it gonna is it gonna kill you just to like crack out the measuring cup and not like yeah, shove Tova. your hands in the flour? Like you'll live. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Tova? Reach for your dreams. Now, you. I just want to say because one of the things in the book you named a bread after you. It's called like what did you call it's it? My, it's Jake's perfect challah. Jake's perfect challah. Now, let me just ask. Like, I just feel like any, that's not any, my. But you understand that's not like me naming the bread after me. It's just a challah recipe. It's just my recipe. It's you called it the perfect. Yes, the but perfect. You, do you think that like when I'm home at Shabbat, I'm like, oh, tonight we're having Jake's perfect challah. I just so there just must be a thing where like like you could have called every recipe in this book Jake's perfect no because I think that that's because this is up for for interpretation there are a lot of things that are up for interpretation because every family makes their their matzo balls differently their brisket differently that's a very family very personal thing challah this is like my dough recipe that I find is perfect. Mm. That anyone like the perfect again, you're part not going to make quotes. I'm looking at the book here. And it does say Jake's, <laughs> quote unquote perfect with well, a little a, you'll, have to, you'll have to talk to the copy editor about that. <laughs> so okay, so so you went to the school. You, you enjoyed it. You you had a good great time. time. Yeah, good good teachers. Yeah, and then is this a kind of profession where like you get out and like you can at least make a living? Or is no? It, like, is oh my it god! No no no! Oh my god! The the like I was paid. Um, when I worked at Danielle, I was making minimum wage, so seven twenty-five an hour, and I was working crazy hours, almost like so, like during the busy season, about like ninety hours a week. Oh my! Um, God. And it was insane. And we were doing. I worked with their like offsite catering, so I was like doing events around the city. Sometimes I would like wake. There was one day where I had to do like a shiva at night, so we were then I got back to the restaurant at midnight, packed up my shit. Like went to a friend's place nearby to crash for a few hours, and I had to wake up at five a.m. to go cook breakfast for Mitt Romney. This was during the election, um, and it was just nonstop. Your dad and must you have just, been proud of that. I truly, um, <laughs> but uh, it's just you break your body. It was the same thing at when I worked at ABC. It's like it was great. I mean, I was making. I think then I was making ten dollars an hour. Um, why? And this is... and maybe maybe it was twelve. I can't remember, but I think it was ten. Um, so you're not making. Like line, these are what all your fancy restaurants everywhere you go. You're like, oh my god, this place is so great. That's what the line cooks are being paid, um, and maybe things have changed now. But I mean, I don't know. So, so it was, it was just like your body falls apart. Truly, you just your 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 health is just like you you can't withstand that heat being on your feet. Like just my stomach, everything was just wow. like you like. I just knew I couldn't. At least you never term. have to be like hungry though. 
you're, you you're, 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 you're eating? eating well, you're not food. You're not. No, oh, you have scrape a, off the. No, 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 no. If, if I'm lucky, I get down and you have to bend down because no one can see you because a lot of these are open kitchens. So you're on, you're, you're, you're crouched down like an animal. Oh my god! And you're just like hounding whatever little scrap you can find. So it is so dehumanizing. To, and then the family meal, which is like if you're lucky to get it when they have like the lunch for everyone, it's you're you're still on the clock, so it's like you you're like time is is going crazy. You don't know what's going on. Like, am I going to make it to service? It's going to be I, how many reservations are there? So you're lucky if you get a little bowl of rice that you can like inhale, or if something gets sent back, or like or like a wrong order gets done by someone, they're like throw it down the line. I know that I would not do well um, because <laughs> I always feel like on Thanksgiving. The energy, like when you were like going into the kitchen and people are all working on things is so stressful to me. Like, and it's just that one day, but like, and it's not even like, ha- doesn't even have to necessarily have to be hostile, but it's just the energy of like, we got to get this done. Where are the cranberries? <laughs> and like that kind of thing. I always picture that that just must be the, the, that's, like, uh, that's everything. There's clearly like a respect, uh, like with many professions, there's this respect of like the real jackasses. Who's the who's the famous chef that says you're an idiot sandwich? Gordon Ramsay. Gordon, Gordon Ramsay. Ramsay. Like, and maybe he's fun, maybe he's nice. But uh, I'm saying like there seems to be like a respect of chefs where like yeah, they're a fucking monster. Isn't that amazing? Like there seems to be abuse. I feel like there's probably yeah. a lot of abuse in the back of these kitchens. Is there any rule against eating? Like if they catch you taking a bite, no, you're fired. I mean, no. There was a, there was a lot of abuse. Like there were moments where like they've been. There have been punches. There have been slurs. There have been things slurs, that. I'm sure. Oh yeah, lots of slurs. Um, things that would n- would not. Oh, against everyone. Against oh, oh against oh, everyone, wow. everyone, everyone, everyone. Well, then that's okay. Um, <laughs> there's there's. But that's the thing is when you're at the bottom. There was this even this one time where I, this was at Danielle. I, I they were cleaning the floors and they put all this like I love that you're whispering, down. but I'm just going to. I, I, I know I turn so up the volume. I'm like saying like no, like <laughs> I, hope, I hope he doesn't hear. I hope he doesn't um, hear. Um, but they're cleaning the floors. They didn't put up a sign. So I'm walking with my whole tray with an entire watermelon. It's the summer. Literally like a cartoon with the banana peel. I just go up and down, land on my hip. I swear, I probably still have damage to this day. Like, oh. I don't know what happened. Oh. But I was so terrified to go to the hospital. They were like, well, you, if you go to the hospital, we'll have to make a report. And it was almost like they were like intimidating don't. me not to like, don't do it. Oof. This is like, like are whiplash, you going to be, like, are instead you, of truly, instead of drumming, it's truly watermelon. And man. it was... I mean, obviously looking back, like no one did anything. I should have just done it and stuck to my guns. But you're terrified because you're at the bottom of the yeah. totem pole. You don't want to like, you don't want to make a big deal about anything. You don't want to like make waves. Same thing with the slurs. Same thing with this. Sometimes, um, sometimes some of the higher ups would come to me when someone they didn't like would say something highly inappropriate, being like, you should report them. Uh, oh, so like, like, if it's like this guy said faggot. You should get oh. fired. Um, Can and I just say this for like a, the, the uh, half of a second? I was like, he's gay. It's okay. <laughs> there was just a moment where he said it, and I was like, oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, That's yes, yes. such yes. a weird thing to have a higher they up come it. and tell you that to then. Who truly. said it, though? They said it. It was another one of the line cooks. And, and, and he was not. He was not gay. No. He was well, then French. Then he was French. <laughs> in French, does that mean something else in France, though? It's it a does, term of I mean, But wait, when the higher up is telling you that. Wouldn't you be like, well, I would just be telling you? No, no, no. Like, because you, when you, I say higher up, I mean HR I'm at the bottom of the totem pole. Oh. They, they, this is like these oh, are like. Oh, oh, oh. I, I see what you're saying. Okay. Um, 
But you made it out. I made it out. I mean, I and the funny thing is, is like, so I made it out just in time to get an unpaid internship at a food magazine before the like the big Condé Nast lawsuit where everyone yeah. couldn't do that anymore. And it was like just as terrible in terms of the way people like acted and like the like this this like this one person. She made everyone cry. I, the, I honestly, to this day, think the only reason that they kept me on and hired me onto the staff is because she couldn't make me cry. And but like she would, these, these there'd be these. Was like, she? She was a, a cook. She was. She a, was like the. She had the test kitchen, and like these girls would be bawling, bawling. Truly, it was she so. She would just like rip them down, and it would just be constant and constant, and just like criticizing everything about them. It was terrible. And then there were the instances with like anti-Semitism, where there were there were pennies on the floor thrown, oh and there was one time when explain this to me. What do you mean? Pennies just like on the if floor? there would be like change on the floor, like oh pick it up, like because you're a Jew, and like then there was this oh one instance <laughs> where where someone. Oh my I just God. It's just such a it's lame. such like a hey, cliche. A penny, pick it up, you Jew. Truly, and there was this one and you time. Were like, I'm an actually an expert at this because at my bar mitzvah, I grabbed <laughs> money. Yeah, uh, and then there was this one time someone put up a um, a scriptures calendar in my cubicle and made a joke that I needed Jesus, and it was like, and it's funny because like looking back, especially in this current age. I could cancel all of them. Yeah. Like this is, these are things that like, like truly like I really, and things I don't want to, I don't need to, I don't give them really any thought other than like trashing them on a podcast like uh -huh, this. Uh -huh. yeah. But like, I just hope that they live like waiting for the day that they like, it turns to them. Because yeah. they are the same people that are like in a, like when the whole bone app thing happened, like, oh my God, that's oh, terrible. Can you believe? It's like, oh, just yeah, yeah, you yeah. wait. Just you well, wait. The Bon Appetit, I don't know if you follow, it was such an a wild thing. There was a podcast that was going to do a, a, a feature on the Bon Appetit, the podcast called Reply All. Yes, yes, yes. And then the moment they started, all the people who Reply All were like, you did the same shit in I this actually, company. I'm actually kind of upset because I was really loving it. I, I was loving it. And I know I'm friends. Well, no, no, I was loving this Bon oh, Appetit. I never, I've never watched, oh. listened to it before. Well, yeah, they were going to have two more episodes that were yeah. like probably ready. And I'm friends with a lot of the Bon Appetit people. And were they pissed off about it too? I mean, it's, I don't think they, I, I, I mean, I'm sure some were, some weren't. I mean, I don't think it's. Did you know it was going to happen, the Bon Appetit? Like, were you friends with the people that spoke out against them? And I'm friends with some of them, yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, I, I think that it's, you could have never seen this happening in the sense of the response of people taking them seriously finally, which mm -hmm. is incredible because this is truly this issue. The same thing in terms of me talking about like being a line cook, being underpaid, like media is no different. And on top of it, you have all of these gatekeepers and you think of like what it takes to get in. You have to be able to afford no pay. You have to be able to afford then when you get a salary. My first salary was a non-negotiable $30,000 a year mm -hmm. and it was something that was just like to i think about like this this is going to be how we hire people that represent the world and and write about food and determine what's good food what's bad food but you're going to we're going to create this like threshold of like you really have to be like really privileged to even like get yeah. that job um it's crazy i mean what do you think uh, about i i always think i mean I, I just listen to those first two bon appetit i mean there is this uh, something about the kinds of food you make recipes for, yeah. like you know, for example, like you this know, you, you were willing to call it, like this is it for you. But like, if you had done a different book and instead called it, what is this? You said Jake's perfect hala. If you did Jake's perfect foe, like people would, it would be kind of like, well, maybe don't 
don't come up with your perfect Correct. Foe. And that's valid. <laughs> but likewise, you see, I think, the 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 act of, of those conversations, which is very true in terms of like when I was in test kitchens at the bottom in terms of, of cooking recipes be seen, not heard, like all the higher ups coming in for tastings that I would do and, and no feedback was required. And if you said anything, like you would get reprimanded afterwards and it would just dishes pile up and people would just make a mess and you'd have to go clean up after them like you were a literal maid. Like truly, it was so demeaning, truly. But- Past that, it's the idea of what is good food, what is bad food, what is trendy food, what deserves coverage, what should be on the cover, and it was never Jewish food. Like, mm. Jew, like, like you could be a Jew around, like, Passover will throw you a bone, maybe something around Hanukkah, and, and just be grateful. Um, and that was just something, like, I didn't learn any Jewish food at culinary school. We didn't, there was no, there was no wow. Jewish food on the, on the, on the curriculum. Um, and with that came, like, as I started to explore it, as I started to explore my identity around like my husband and I hosting Shabbat, all this shit, it was like, I want to do more of this. I want to do just this because like, who is, if no one's going to like bite the bullet and be like, no, this is actually great food. This is actually food that I want to celebrate. Mm. Everyone's like, oh my God, this book is so gorgeous. A lot of them are just shocked because these are like foods from the shtetl from like the poor old country that they, it has never been given the yeah. resources of a, photo shoot and a food stylist and all of these things that every other cuisine every other person gets because i i think even me with you a mild uh, jewish upbringing and more jewish family i like still have a very small vocabulary of like what jewish food is like list a couple of jewish food items what are all the jewish food items you know um uh Jake's perfect challah um and then the thing that we just ate today matzah matzah I almost said matzo pizza. Matzo pizza. <laughs> pizza is good. I have a series called matzo pizza. Good. I'm glad matzo I got to get soup. the word out on that. Um, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know a lot. I haven't. I've but been here, invited. you just. But this is this is this is important because yeah, you just mentioned things. If we asked him, who's even a little more Jewish, um, you would be only able to answer Ashkenazi foods. And there is this idea, and I think the huge part of this book is the story of me, me meeting my husband, who's Persian Iraqi Jewish, and he grew up like very like not Jewish. Like he wasn't also never bar mitzvah. We're gonna throw him an adult one. It's gonna be circumcised. Oh, he is circumcised. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, most people are circumcised these days. I think it's um, gonna. I think it's gonna change. I probably would you. Uh, uh, do you want children someday? Yeah. Do you think would you want them circumcised? I want to do the breasts. Yeah, I'm having a breast for my son, which is funny because my sister married a. Uh, a Gentile who is from Spain. Um, so the conversation is like, they are like, he's, if, 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 would you, would you do differently from the father to the son? Like, is that going to be fuck up your son if your penis looks different than your father's? Let me tell you, I've never reflected off the relationship your between my father's penis, penis <laughs> and mine. I think it's probably pretty similar, but like, I don't. I, I just know that, like, gun to my head, I'm like, the only reason I don't want my son circumcised is because I think it looks better. And I'm like, well, that shouldn't be a reason. Don't you feel a little bit like, mm. yeah. let me tell you, whenever whenever you talk about circumcision or make a joke about circumcision, there are groups that oh, are course, anti-circumcision. Of and then and I get a call from my mother. are graphic. <laughs> you need to talk to your sister. <gasps> she says she she thinks she might not do it. You know, my, my brother, your uncle said that it's a, there's a curse. There's a hex on the kid if they don't get it. It's like all this. That seems like, What were her Ivy League? <laughs> <laughs> truly, <laughs> truly, truly. Like this is, this is the, 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 the catch. This is old Ivy League. Yeah. This is <laughs> <laughs> like and and I don't know I I it's the same kind of conversation about like why do you why do Jews have to marry Jews 
Mm. They don't have to, but there's pressure from like the community, yeah. and it's because of what you're you're the See, you're, you're, you're the you're you're the music man. You're from theater. What is what's the answer? Tradition, tradition, oh, tradition. Oh, oh, That's oh, it. Oh, well, you meant fiddler, fiddler on the roof. Yeah, fiddler on the roof. I was thinking music man songs. You know, music man is also another you know, musical. I I don't oh, think it's very Jewish though. Yeah, but when you said music man, <laughs> I was like. Do you know? Trouble oh, 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 I meant like you were like a musical theater. Yeah, I've played, yeah. I've played Tevya three times before the age of twenty-two. <laughs> <laughs> you played it three times. I played before the age of twenty-two. I played it in middle school in Fiddler and the I know in the third ones. I played it in high school and then I did it in college. You're forgetting a fourth. Oh, oh no! In my sketch, yeah, but no, I, that was much later on in life. <laughs> that's that's so funny. Yeah, just that like no matter just where like you go, little like boy. I especially imagine like seventh grade Tevya. Russell, you know, we had like we had te- a middle school Tevia that was like should not have been Tevia. You would have. Oh, I, you, I was probably pretty good. <laughs> were you pretty good? I would love. No, no. no can we get a tape of it someday? School, high school. I don't think I have a tape. There's a tape of Josh Grobe and he played Tevia in middle school, and I bet you. Were I do remember. Oh my god, I do remember. Uh, in in seventh grade, I remember one night during uh, uh if I were a rich man, I went up on the words, uh-huh. and um, it was just like. I do die, like for the whole verse. Like I totally, I like saw someone in the crowd and that made me nervous. And I was like, and uh, just like did gibberish for a full verse of it. And I'm sure they were like, oh, he's doing the original Hebrew. <laughs> in Yiddish. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, okay, so you're going to circumcise? Maybe. You I are. would say probably you if are. both the fathers are, are, I mean, honestly, yeah, I don't know. There's a chance that we're going to adopt. So then I don't know if, if, cause then again, if you adopt, like, like, are you going to do it? If there, if you used to have a baby, it depends on how old the baby is. There's so many yeah, like yeah. variables. Okay. I mean, um, you, listen, if you adopt someone, like if you adopt like a 12 year old, you need to be upfront that that's <laughs> what's coming. You want to come it. home? Um, <laughs> no. Beautiful house. One, uh, one <laughs> little thing. Um, Oh God! I I have a friend Boris Hyken. He was I think he was circumcised when he was seven. He moved from Russia, or from the Ukraine to America, or somewhere where like you couldn't get circumcised, and then he moved to America and got circumcised at seven. His parents, or he felt strongly at seven. Yeah, I'm sure at seven he said like <laughs> sometimes no, it, sometimes sure, it's medical. There I'm are medical sure. things where like it's like too much or too tight, and they have to do it. It's too tight. Yeah, there's there are men, there are too tight. It's where it's sorry, too kid. Tight. Your cock's too fat. We got to take this. <laughs> <laughs> That's a medical term from a doctor. Sorry, kid. That cock is too fat. I I think it would be better. I think sometimes this is this is personal that the the head can be overly sensitive, and I think a foreskin would have made it not would have been like the perfect amount of like. Well, you understand that you're you would have you have. Don't they say you have more sensitivity that we actually lose nerve damage? But I feel like like there's like, tic, there's like a tic, there's like a there's like it's like ticklish. It's too much. <laughs> like so if here's someone, the deal. If someone Listen, gives like a very shallow, someone, if someone gives like a very shallow blowjob, like a very shallow, I'm just like ah, it, as someone who's been that. on the the other end of both, mm. um, it it comes down to there. It both are great. There is moment like the fact is like to have slack is. This is the right time, to, the right place to use slack as a as a word. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, <laughs> to have some slack, it's it's wonderful. Like, really, guys who are uncut never have to use like lotion or lube when they they masturbate. Um, We've ever thought John of Mark that? and I've actually I'm, both I'm actually don't we're, we're both no lubers, no lubers masturbating. 
But at least but not Slack, all the time. It's Slack sounds do it very interesting. But Slack would, yeah, that, that's a that's a rough. I feel like you've got some callous. But it just it just <laughs> it all comes down to cleanliness. It always that's always yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if if when an uncut guy is, is not clean, it is it is not it, good. It's just smell clean that's up on it, it is the most off putting rancid. I don't even like oh, it just God. it's yeah. It's a Is there ever a piece of lint in there? <laughs> I could see it's, lint getting it's not lint. Never lent. What do you mean? What is the way you're saying? What's that? in it? What, Smegma. It oh, spe- oh, oh God! No! 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 Oh God! <laughs> Smegma. Uh, who is that politician where they made it the term uh, Rick Santorum? Didn't they make Santorum? It's a politician where um, who's the famous gay podcaster Dan Savage? Yeah, Dan Savage. He made Santorum like he made it the word for the leftover juices after anal sex there and you if go. you look up santorum like that's what that means now rick Love santorum it. is a conservative politician no, i know who rick santorum is but you didn't know the other santorum uh yes no i, mean, I know, <laughs> the you know, story. You know the whole thing i oh, knew we the whole all story knew this. okay great i'm just yeah. educating in case my little brother's listening or something um uh okay well maybe maybe i'm glad I'm, you are circumcised yeah We've you're not gonna this. have a kid no please you're, I don't I mean, want a kid. You're heterosexual, so you never know. I, yeah, yeah never that's know. true. But I, I, I don't think I uh, we we I don't think we want them. Now, thank you. I, there you yeah, go. I like that. Forever. But, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I could come around to it. Um. All right. Well, let's let's move on to. Did you read the email I sent? That this has got to stop. Briefly. Sure. No. Oh. No. I, I like. I it's skimmed. Too long. I got. I, I know. I got to figure I skimmed it out. It. I clicked. So, the, I clicked the, the. The like. Where is this happening? And then. The, <laughs> where is this? All right. Done. All right. So this is a. Uh, 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 Russell, will you press the button, please? I don't know which one. It is. Neither do I. I think it's. No. Oh that's that's a night terror. Stop. Oh my god! I don't know how to turn it off. No, stop pressing buttons. Russell, that bug gets stuck. Okay, so my girlfriend has night terrors, and oh, she sent no. me clips of her having them. Oh my god! This is Chova. Don't press. No. This is night terror, so she's completely. This is is more entertaining than I ever could have been. I'm just going to leave. Okay. I think I actually added, I think I added a new night. Originally, I had this idea that like all the podcasts would end with a new night terror. Well, turn You heard that with this. Oh, my God. Hi. This is the voice. Okay. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. Come on. Come on. This is so upsetting. She falls back asleep. You have to say I love you to this woman. If you're still going, you're still. I feel the opposite reaction here. But if you are staying, if you are still in a relationship with this woman after a moment like this. 100%. So you have to well, tell I would argue, that. There we go. I think this just, is a perfect case that just the fact that I put up with it, that covers everything. Listen, we don't no, need to say Because it's funny. Nice. In the gay world, it's um, oftentimes- it In has, the gay world, you'd never put up with this shit. No, you, <laughs> but you put up with literal shit. Because that's typically, that's <laughs> um, literally, that's typically like the the the, the gauge. What? what? If, there, if there's like some kind of mishap with sex, like how they act in those moments. Oh, really? How That is like a huge sign in terms of like- Gay sex is very intimate and it's very like unpredictable. I mean, it can be predictable to a degree, but it's it's like 
that's a huge sign in terms of how someone's going to act in those moments. We're like, we're like, there's a, a big yeah. poop disaster. There's yeah. a big poop. Yeah. I had a woman I was, I was dating for a long time and we, we were pretty deep and uh, we, we were making love and <laughs> we, were pretty pretty deep. Deep. <laughs> we were pretty deep and we were high. We were very high. And, uh, she was on top and I thought she was, I thought she was squirting. She had never squirted before, but I, I was like, I was like, Oh my God. I'm just I'm like, as if I was like, as if I was doing anything, I was just laying there yeah. and I'm like, man, I'm fucking rocking this right now. And I was like, that's really warm squirt. And oh. she's peeing on me. She's a hundred percent. And like. I, I'm a very, I, I'm not, I do get squeamish with stuff, but I, I think I registered very quickly in that moment. I was like, Don't this is humiliating her. You have for her. And I was just like, I was like, oh, oh no, a little pee. All right, here we go. And inside I'm like, ah, this is but the most scarring experience. But that doesn't matter. Life. That doesn't matter. Of course. Because the way but you I, presented I, I yourself. for her. That's and I, it. I presented myself and I, we wrapped it up and thank God it was a college dorm uh, a mattress. So, so it was like plastic, plastic yeah. and fine. Um, and yeah, I think I, I handled it. There you go. So I think I'm ready for gay sex. Great. Great. <laughs> I've been training my whole Whip life. Whip it out. Let's do it. Um, so, so there we go. I think the fact that, yeah, I'm, I'm very sweet. Um, all right. Let's hope this is right. Oh <laughs> that was a new one. All right. This is the new one I added. Let's see if this. <laughs> Mine. Just. Is she seeing what? someone about these? Little finger is for me that I'm not sharing with like anything. <laughs> Did she say tiny little what? Like, it was um. Uh, I think she has siblings, and it sounded like something like something about oh not sharing. I heard tiny with little siblings. penis. So tiny little penis. So oh no, maybe it was about me. Um. So she has an app that records the night terrors, and it's this an, is it's what an you're app playing. That like whenever there's noise, it turns on and records it. So we do get a lot of like and horn honks and plugged it into the. Well, I asked her to send me the 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 fun ones. <laughs> those is she those seeing, are the most fun. Is she seeing yeah, someone? She's, she's figuring this stuff out. Okay, I don't. I don't want to. I mean, I guess she let me play it. Yeah, she's seeing someone. It's good. It's good. As it's been. As... It's been. It's been getting. It's been getting great. Amazing. But uh, yeah. I'm so I'm a good guy. <laughs> Please. This has got to stop. This is a segment where we talk about something that is something in the world, societally, that we don't we don't like. Uh, it could be big, small, specific. Uh, Russell, why don't you start so yeah. we can, we can yeah. Uh, this has got to stop. Uh, this is a very specific one for one well-intentioned person. Um, but this has got to stop my mom asking me about my dog's cancer because we I have no new information. So it's just every day it's like, and how's Hennessy doing? And I'm like, well, I, as again stated, for now the last ten days, we have an appointment on the twenty second. We will find out more. Nothing has changed or will change. But every day she asks about it, and it's 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 now been enough days where it'll be stuff like on my birthday she called, which is very nice. My mom calling me on my birthday. Yeah, we, not every know, parent we're having a, we're having a nice <laughs> we're having a nice conversation. She's like asking me what my plans are, what I'm doing. You know, and I'm like, oh, and I'm, and I'm having a great day. It's really fun. And she goes, oh, that sounds amazing. She goes, Anne, how's Hennessy doing? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, for a brief moment, I forgot that the dog had cancer. But thank you for reminding me <laughs> right now. So uh, this guy's up. Mom, I'm going to tell you. She's not listening. Um, I will tell you. She should listen. I'm going to give her an update uh, uh, after I find out today more information. But it, it's just it, it's that thing where sometimes you don't tell your parents stuff because you're like, you're just gonna keep asking about it, like yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's always. I think that's you have to assess. I know certainly for like actors, we audition for things. And like yes. if someone's interested, and it's kind of like 
you you want someone to know you're 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 interested yes. and that you like care about them getting it. But I also like. I don't hear about a lot of roles and I just assume they didn't go to me. And so part of you is like, just don't ask about it. So that's yeah. why I don't even tell my parents if like something exciting happened or I got a call back. Cause no, they're like, so you hear about the thing and you're yeah. like, mom, it's on the third season and I'm not the lead <laughs> guy. Did you see the poster? It was not me. So please, yeah. please stop asking me about it. So do you understand this? The, yeah, the yeah, yeah. And it, it could be a, a cooking one. Uh, but let me talk about um, the, the, my, this has got to stop uh, online therapy. Is uh, it's a good thing and it's a double-edged sword. It's a I double. I just started it. You did. Yeah. Well, good for you. Have you ever done in-person therapy? <laughs> yes. So here, here, let me just exp- anything, anything that becomes commodified, I'm automatically a little bit nervous about. And uh, therapy is one of those things where it is, it's an art. Correct. I'm not doing one of the apps. I'll be, I'll be. It's more. I'm just doing virtual. Oh apps. sure. Yeah. I've been seeing. I've been seeing my old therapist virtually. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's uh, they, there's this new BetterHelp, which I'm sure like, I get, if at, I get as soon as I signed up, if I get successful, they will sponsor this and I will delete this. But uh, it's it just seems to be like you're they're, they're basically like you can talk to your therapist whenever you want. Text them from the toilet, write them. They'll get back to you. And I'm like, you're you're going to get therapy in this kind of weird watered down form. So you're yeah. not going to think it's effective or there's something about being in person which it's just easy to undervalue. And especially once coronavirus is done, there's going to be a lot of like, let's just keep doing it this way. It was cheaper to not rent office space. It was it was nicer to not have to commute to the place. And it's like there's things about being in person that when you're with a therapist, you might reveal more, you might connect in a way. And there's, and there's things you can't calculate, like just being in a, in a room, in a physical room with someone, just smelling them. There's things in your brain that's like, I'm with another human being right now. So online therapy, it just, it makes me nervous that this is kind of the intro to therapy and it's this weird thing where i always wanted i want everyone to go to therapy and now they kind of are but they're doing it in this way that i'm like i'm nervous there's plenty of bad in-person therapists Mm -hmm. it's a really i got very lucky with my current therapist i had bad ones as a kid i had like i had one therapist she would always eat in front of me and it really bothered me and she would just watch me play with action figures and be like is the green ranger your stepfather and try to come up with like stories based on my action figures playing that was bad so this has got to stop thinking just not being skeptical of online therapy and and just taking it with a grain of salt that it's not the whole that it's not the whole shebang that's my this has got to stop so therapy this got to stop therapy <laughs> um i get literally the second i looked into getting a therapist that was like every instagram every other instagram is an ad for them like you just like that it's one of the i love ads on social media because i end up buying a lot of shit that i love because it's very targeted but then it's just like rubbing in your face just like you need help yeah 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 yeah. so what's your this has got to stop like pretty much to pity off that like zoom just in general like period i'm done with zoom i just don't think you know there's always that thing oh it could have been an email that call should have been the meeting should have been email any zoom can be a phone call now like there's no need to see me see my face anymore like you can call me that's it. That's the most I'm going to give. And especially Zoom events need to stop. I've stopped taking on any other because it's just like people are at this rate. I would rather go see one person than like Zoom with a thousand people. And more importantly, like there's nothing good happening on Zoom anymore. It's just 
sad. It's just like I a mean, sad oh, let me reminder. just plug right here. I do have a Zoom show coming up this Tuesday at 8 p.m. <laughs> uh, please buy tickets to it. No, I hear what you're saying. There was a very funny at the very beginning of coronavirus. There was a bunch of like Zoom parties. And I Zoom loved reunions. it. Yeah. And then two months later, they all just kind of trickled. Away. And I think of like, for example, I'm fr- like some of my friends helped produce um, Saturday Night Seder, um, which was incredible and one of the most like insane mashups productions when it comes to just like low production in quarantine make it happen and they just did such an amazing job and now it's just like who wants to listen to me just to, or even like the cooking ones i've every cooking zoom i do no one's cooking they're just it's these these women in their in their 70s just staring at the camera and it's just like are you having fun yeah. i'm not having mm-hmm. fun i get paired a lot with the comedy shows i do it'll be like They'll have a cooking thing before me. Love And that. then I do jokes. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's cooking? No, they're just watching and they're like, I'm going to do this later. Yeah. I'm going to take They notes. never do. They never do. They never do. I mean, there's there's a, you know. It's got to stop. Huge, you're, I mean, I think the thing with cooking books is there are probably 90% of the people who buy this book are probably really excited about it and don't bake a single thing in it. And that's, so that's, I think people, there, there are two things to that because I've done one that was really successful is I do, since I'm on the board of this nonprofit called One Table, which is all about like getting millennials into hosting Shabbat, I did this challah bake along because people are so terrified of bread. Yeah, yeah. So terrified yeah. of challah. And we did it live. So it was like an all day thing that was broken up into segments to let it that. rise. And, and everyone's like, will you bless my challah? Because they're like, does this look good? Like everyone's terrified. And that worked so well because this was like a moment in which I was able to do 125 people. It was like six hours total. But it worked and it was really fun and people really enjoyed it. And then all of the other ones on the other side of that spectrum, they're just miserable. Like, what kind of knives do you use? Like, what what did he do? How much did he add? Like, it's just. Sure. Yeah, yeah I'm over. I'm over all yes, of that. It's juice, you know. Juice. Lot, you know. Truly. I, uh, all right, we got to go to. Oh, let me just ask one thing. This yeah. one thing, because I do want to just make sure I address it. Because this is totally like back. So. In this book, you just talk about being gay and being yeah. Jewish. And there's this culture where you... I'm sure there's lots of Orthodox Jews or lots yeah. of... I'm sure there's some Hasids walking around with this book. Maybe? I don't think that. You don't think so? I don't think You don't Hasids. think they're buying Jewish? No. They're buying Jew, 100% Jewish. <laughs> no dash between them. <laughs> and I just... I mean, you know, you talk about it in your book a little bit. I, when I went on Birthright, there was one thing. The one thing I wanted to... Uh, we did this... There was a, there was speaking of birthright making people religious. There was this guy. He did his birthright. He came back. He was not raised religiously. Then he came back and became an Orthodox Jew. Yeah. And it was what I mean. That's how good the hummus is. That in Israel, <laughs> like, truly. And so he, you know, he, he got married and he had kids and he's the tour guide. And like at the final day of birthright, he did this thing. He's like, we're going to play a game called Stump the Rabbi, where you can ask me anything you want about Orthodox Judaism, and. I'm pretty sure it was me. I can't, I've told this story in different ways that I can't tell which parts have like changed in my mind, but I'm pretty sure I was the guy who said, how do Orthodox Jews feel about homosexuality? Just to really fuck up the night. Yeah. Uh, People were like, people like, why do we separate the the bread and the cheese? And I was like, that's like, what a softball question. (laughs) Let's, let's, let's let's turn up the heat. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. And he, he told this, like, he tried to avoid the question. He was just like, you know, I would, I would hug them and say, oh, the world is so challenging. And I was like, okay, uh, okay, yes, could you answer the question, please, Mr. Rabbi? 
And like it turned into chaos. People started being like, why can't, why can't a woman be a rabbi? And yeah, how would you? And it was, it was a, I live for it, obviously, because yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. all down to just kind of spoil a good time. Uh, but like, I'm sure that you that, that you're popular of with lots of orthodox. I mean, I'm sure just existing in this sphere of Jewish cooking, you if people who are gay on get both to sides see it and go like, but that's, that's great. great. Yes, that is great. But do you have have you gotten any any Jewish hate? Lots, really. I have. Oh my god, this one woman that was just last week. She was calling me a goy because of the fact oh, wow. that I um, am not kosher. Mm. Oh, and the fact that I'm gay. You think about like. I actually did the same thing because on my, my second trip to Israel, it was really incredible. We got a tour of Mea Shireen, which is the Orthodox like sect of Jerusalem. And we were being shown around by an Orthodox woman. And, and that was something I, I just was very candid. I was like, what, what happens when someone comes out? And the fact is they're excommunicated if they decide to stick to it. And sh- her kind of response to it is like it's terrible um but at the same time i think she was like it's equally terrible that these people then live in the closet and cheat on their wives with Mm. men on the side and it's not fair to those women as well who are just in this and and you also have to remember that like when someone leaves the community or wants to leave the community there's typically bullying there's typically violence and they leave knowing pretty much zero life skills. So their organization is an incredible organization called footsteps, which is really just trying to get these people acclimated to life after orthodoxy. And I think there's a lot of like problematic views around being gay. I think there's a lot of problematic views around um, being closed off to the outside world. So Mm -hmm. like, for example, at Chabad, my husband and I, it's fine that we would, we we can go to Chabad and, and they'll welcome us in because we're both gay Jews. But, if we were an interfaith couple and heterosexual, uh-uh. And there's a lot of It is a funny lot when there's progress in somewhere. I'm like, yes, please, suck all the dicks you want. But they must be Jewish dicks. Exactly. But exactly. Yeah. And and that's I just think there's so many instances of that where it's just like that's the issue with like organized religion in general. Yeah. yeah. And and to me, with this book and with having this platform, it was very much so like I had to be a hundred percent myself or else people will like smell in in authenticity like they yeah yeah yeah. and i wasn't gonna pretend i'm not gonna all of a sudden be yentl like at the Mm -hmm. end of the day it's like this is who i am this is the shtick i am pushing is like cultural judaism what it means to be secular what it means to not like have to worry about the rest and do it on your own terms and if that means i serve pork at shabbat sometimes like you'll live well let me tell you tova has not had pork or shrimp or anything is she kosher? Uh, she was no, uh, just that part. Okay, just that. But it's because she grew up. She grew up uh, Orthodox. Yeah, uh, in, with a name like Tova. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, she she told me though, if I if I take her somewhere like nice, that we could we could you know get either a pork thing or a shrimp thing. So she's never had thing. bacon. Don't hold never her had breath. bacon because it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> With this guy. <laughs> oh my god i asked her like i've never been to red lobster in my whole life and i thought like they'll be oh, cool no. no no you're not gonna take her no. to have pork what you're gonna red do lobster. is you're gonna plan there. She's no you're gonna plan a trip and you'll go to the south and you'll get barbecue and yeah. she'll have get ribs barbecue. for the first time yeah mm. like uh, just Proper. The idea, I know so many people that are so like, oh, 
you're not kosher. You put you put the pork in your book, but at the same time, like they'll eat bacon, but no pork chops or or no shrimp. But if it's chopped up in a dumpling, then you know what? That's okay. Yeah. And and there was like. I remember this one person literally just the other day was telling me on some Zoom so that I hated um, that uh, it was like, oh, we had we had our, our our milk plates, our meat plates, and then these red plates for Chinese food because that was when they could have non-kosher food uh-huh. is when they ordered Chinese. You know, that brings up a good point because I was like, I, I got to figure out because the what we were going to have for the – for my thing was oysters and uh, – You can have oysters. She she, can no, have oysters. She, she's totally like okay. – she won't eat them. But she doesn't like be like, get ah, get them away. No, but then there's sliders with bacon. You know what I mean? Like so. Yeah. She, she, I, we'll be fine. All right. Okay. The final segment. <laughs> this is uh. <laughs> John Marco. Oh like, it's everything. <laughs> this is. You better count your blessings. Um, all right. This is you better count your blessings. We say one thing we're thankful for. I'll start since uh, Tova. We talked about Tova a lot. Yeah. Uh. Uh. We have. Yeah, I guess it's a six-month anniversary. I tweeted a joke about it, and there were a lot of men being like, six months is not an anniversary. Anniver is Latin for year. Oh, my God. It's not real. And Tova told me um, it is real. And you better and do something. It, it, yes, I better. So, but she found a, um, uh, it's like a, a sip and paint. Like it's, you eat snacks, drink, and you paint. Yeah, I've done that. And, uh. It's, I like it's terrible, but it's terrible in the way like I like activities. Oh, I'm sure heteros. It's, it is truly activities. when I tell you if you ask me to pick one thing that like embodies a heterosexual couple, it is painting and drinking wine at one of these things. Well, then for the first time, I will adopt the heterosexual lifestyle yeah. and I will go to a, a sip and paint. And I like activities, yeah. uh, even if even if they're uh, corny sometimes. And uh, she she, you know, she likes them, too, and she'll find them. She'll set them. And I, uh, I'm very appreciative because I look back at those things and I'm like, oh, I, f- I feel like I did something. I didn't just eat, uh, at a, uh, you know, I, I didn't stay home or I didn't just go to a boring restaurant. I did a thing, and yeah. now I have a painting to show for it. So I'm, uh, that's that's my blessing. I'll, I just need to tell you that, like, my husband, when we when we hit our six month, he was he recently left finance, but he was in finance for the last seven years. So this was like six months in. I'm like this. Like again, making no money. Uh-huh. He is baller wolf of Wall Street. So for our sixth month, he surprised me with a full weekend. The first night we went out to we went out to the Nomad for dinner, and mm-hmm. then the next night we did a day spa at Aire in Tribeca, and then we did dinner at the Modern. And I honestly think there was another dinner too. And he just like planned this. It was like, it was all like on note cards with like, it was like written in calligraphy and it was like kind of poetic. So So you got to step your game up. Another option. Well, Tova, I'm happy with the sip. You have a blessing, Russell? Yes. um, This is um, my blessing. um, And also a tip. I have something that I had never thought of that was actually a very nice surprise. So I had my birthday and uh, some friends knew I was like going to be be bopping around to places. It was a beautiful day in the city. And uh, they Venmoed me like, like thing for like to get like a drink at like different places. And I was like, Oh, that's a great idea. I never thought of, especially if you know, someone's going somewhere to just be like, a nice little thing. So I was, it was very, I I was, like it, it was a really way. nice surprise. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, that's so lovely that they did that. Get a drink if I had on known me. you were beep bopping around. 
I'm not saying I'm not trying to say it to make you feel bad. I'm just saying I'm gonna bring I'm something saying. on Saturday. <laughs> uh, did you have a blessing other than your is a rich husband? <laughs> <laughs> it's my husband, but not for that reason. Um, he, it's just I think it's this crazy time of spending this last year so i mean we've we're always been codependent but like now in this past year and coming out of it and i've been like why is my phone buzzing this entire time and my husband was freaky he had no idea where i was and he's like Aww. on your calendar and all said you were recording this until 1 30 i was so worried and that's so so, so it's him yeah. it's him that's always. good uh all right well do, did you have anything you wanted to plug i mean you have this amazing the book. book yeah the book. please uh get it jewish um, it's very good. Tova's going to make so many dishes out of this. Love it. And I will buy the ingredients to make up for it. Um, and then you have your Instagram is, is everywhere at Jay Cohen. At I, Cohen. I got it. I paid a lot of like 13 year olds for their handles years ago. Really? Oh yeah. I've, I, I'm in touch with at John Marco and we're negotiating a rate good. right now, but I, you want to, you want to hear, so I would have paid anything, anything for, and there are a lot of Jay Cohen's as yeah. you can yeah. imagine. Instagram, I was able to get for $25 from this like 13 year old, which is great. And then TikTok, I got for a hundred bucks. I, I would have paid thousands. I would have paid whatever it took. Well, this is also great for the Jewish branding. You start rob these kids I, for all the Truly, work. truly. <laughs> I made them pick it up off the floor too. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, Russell, anything coming up? Um, just still our Uncle Function show, May twenty first. May twenty first. I want to remember to put a link in the in the show. It's going to be a a good time. Yeah. Um, me, I have. Uh, uh, I was about to plug this podcast. I have this new podcast <laughs> called The Downside. Please listen. Please uh, check out the Patreon. Patreon. It's still super new, but uh, you know the the money's going to help uh, uh, with even nicer recording equipment, camera equipment. Uh, we have bonus episodes, free episodes. So check it out. Keep supporting. Get Jewish. And just remember that even the most lovingly prepared, spectacular, delicious meals all turn to shit in the end. <laughs> Russell. We're now playing the downside mixed in with Tova's Night Terrors. <laughs> Maybe this is a very new exit. <laughs> this is so upsetting. God damn you. <laughs>